What's up, Frantraxians? I'm super excited to be welcoming a brand new guest to the show today, marking the last episode of Into Final Space Volume 1 and setting us up for our next season. First, I want to express my apology on behalf of both myself and Shelby Mary, who was not able to join us on Into Final Space for Season 2 interview. We continue to pray for her continued recovery and hope to welcome her back for Volume 2 of the podcast. Anyway, without further ado, uh, pumped to introduce this guy. You see him uh, every episode during the title sequence, and you've seen him in Final Thoughts. Let's welcome to the show Final Space executive producer David Sachs. All right, David, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you on via Skype. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So glad to be Awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, so I think we're breaking up a little bit. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, love Skype. Um, but yeah, thank you for, uh, for joining me. I've had you, uh, on hold for a, a bit now. Uh, so glad we could finally get you on the show uh, to chat a little bit about season one, primarily about that incredible second season. Um, so we're going to start with a traditional interview, like the fans have seen in the past episodes, and then move into a bit more of a discussion based on the questionnaires that we had the, the fans answer. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Awesome. So can you just start by telling us a little bit about what all you do on Final Space? I know it's a lot, but <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, what you what you mainly yeah. do on a day to day basis? Sure. So what I mainly do on the day to day basis, let's see, is is the show that you see on television. So so uh, that means just writing the scripts uh, and and you know just making sure that the the the, the shots and the moments are are laying out right, and that uh, just that the that the um, episodes are are delivering on a comedic and in a dramatic fashion and. Um, so yeah, so it's it's really me and Olin, uh, just every every step of the way, and it's um, you know, it's it's been a tremendous privilege. We have an amazing team, uh, just all around. But but kind of like when when push comes to shove, and you've got to figure out, okay, well, what's that shot going to look like? You know, I'm 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 right there, right 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 there at the front lines. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, how'd you come to discover Olin Rogers and his work? Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I got uh, just this great email from from uh, an old friend of mine, David Kissinger, who's the head of development over at um, uh, Conoco, uh, Conan O'Brien's uh, TV production company. And he sent me a link to the original uh, Final Space YouTube clip and, and said, you know, what do you think? And I was I think I wrote back, wow, just wow. That's I was blown away by it. And he was like, well, do you think you'd like to meet Olin and discuss turning it into a TV series? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so it was sort of intimidating. I, I walked in and there was like a t- table full of like eight different executives and, and Olin. And, <laughs> and I guess I was one of a, a number of people they were meeting with. And yeah, that conversation just went really well, and we were off and running. And it was just to sort of like uh, from that moment on, uh, me and Olin were just like really just trying to figure out like let's let's make a TV show, you know. And and it's been just this amazing ride ever since. Yeah. So what so what was it about that that first pilot experience that really made you believe that Final Space could be a really successful television show? 
Well, I'll say, I'll say the word that um, everyone during all those initial meetings and when we were trying to pitch the show and sell it kept on saying it was like the sort of like the golden word. And that was tone. There was a tone that got sold in that, that original YouTube uh, piece that was different and special and almost magic. Um, there was a, a seriousness to it almost like a reality to it. Like we were tapping into something that was super real, even as it was taking place in a animated format in outer space, like things that seemed to be the most unreal. And yet it just felt like, wow, we're tapping into the the DNA of real. And then the whole kind of, to this day, all the writing and everything like that is just trying to stay true to that. Yeah, I think that's what uh, that's what draws in a lot of the fans is it's uh, the the writing of the show is just such a, a complex message of it's not just the the kind of what unfortunately adult animation has come out to be is kind of it's the the raunchy adult comedy, um, but it's it's got that realness to it and it's got that heart and the characters are relatable. Um, so yeah, I think that's really what's drawn a lot of fans to the show. Yeah. Uh, and that's been from from my standpoint. I've written for shows like uh, The Simpsons and, and, and Regular Show, and um, a show called Pig Goat Banana Cricket, which was this sort of this wild, like surreal kind of like <laughs> meta Looney Tunes exercise in madness. Um, what what this show has allowed me to do as a writer that none of those other shows have done. And really none of the other shows I've worked on has done is really kind of bring real life to real life as I understand it, um, to, to the production. Yeah. And, and so, um, so you can engage in silliness because that's, that's also part of real life. Sure. Comedy and relationships, but also those kind of, maybe those, those, kind of deeper meditations and also just the idea that a lot of life and this might sound a little bit more dark than I mean it to, but just (laughs) go with me for a moment. A lot of life is just kind of surviving life. Sure. And, um, and, and, and so this show sort of kind of deals with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so what was the process of going about and, you know, pitching the show and then, you know, finally getting the green light to go ahead and make that first season. Um, you know, the, the feelings that you were feeling, um, you know, kind of the stress of trying to figure out what this first season is going to look like, how we're going to change the style a little bit, uh, writing for that first season. Yeah. So, so I think it was the, the very first session that, that Olin and I just kind of like sat in a room, there was a big whiteboard, like a blackboard. And we, we, we made a list. We said, okay, what we want to do is defy expectations. Like people are going to look at this show and they're going to expect certain things. And we made a list. We made it like an actual list. I, I wish I had taken a picture of it uh, with my phone, but I didn't. We made an actual list of all the things that people expect to see in a, in a show like this. And we came up with um, not just the opposite of every single one of those things on the list, but sort of like our opposite. Like, in other words, we weren't just sort of being contrary to be contrary. Right. We we came up with sort of like, well, 
yeah, but what we what what can we do? Like, what 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 are the possibilities outside of this particular category? And then, yeah, then we came up we came up with that list, and and we stayed true to it. To to this day, we've stayed true to that. So, so yeah, so a lot of making this into a show was to kind of um, to continue to to continue to surprise people. That was that 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 was very important to us. Yeah, yeah, and then. It's it's definitely surprising. It was, it was pretty much unlike anything me personally I'd, I'd seen on anim, animation on television, um, and it it continues to be astounding um, what goes into this show. Um, so, is there anything that you you personally change about that first season, and if so, did that kind of transition into what you tried to fix in the second season um, at all? That that first season, boy, we put just really blood, sweat and tears. Well, into everything, by the way, but yeah, into, absolutely. into <laughs> what kind of, what, what kind of was a little bit different about that first season was that, um, I think that we turned out to be a bit of a surprise to the network. And, um, and as a result, they, they kind of didn't really have any expectations. They were just sort of like, well, let's give this a try. You know, we, you know, we'll just see what comes from it. Let's see what they come up with. And so as a result, we, we were really able to sort of like um, chase our vision fairly relentlessly the entire first season. And so I, I honestly don't know if there's anything that I would change about that first season, as strange as that would, as that sounds, you know, I mean, maybe a line here or there or something like that, but, but all in all, like, that that was kind of really what we were trying to accomplish, and and I'll tell you something when we when we did that tenth episode, and that season finale for the first season was up there, and it's just Gary alone dying in space. I mean, I can't even tell you how many tears I fought back and occasionally cry, just you know, because you have to watch these cuts over and over again, sometimes dozens of times over the course of production, and. There was just something so true and so real about that that I was just like blown away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, what's it like to work with such an incredible group of actors and artists on the show? That you, know, you guys kind of give them. Uh, I know you you have directions that you want to see, but at the same time, um, talking to a lot of them, they they all feel like they have some sort of artistic expression, artistic freedom behind what they do. Um, and how how do you balance that? You know, keeping them in line to what you want to see at the end of the end of the product and letting them have that, that balance. Well, that's a great question. And, um, I, I sort of like live by this motto and, and any show that, that I'm on that, you know, I'm executive producing. I, I, I try to make this to be the hallmark, which is, um, the best idea wins. That, that's kind of what I call it. And, and so in that way, it's kind of, it's kind of democratic where, you know, is just because you've been doing it for maybe a little bit longer than someone else doesn't mean that you're going to have the best idea. Someone sure. who's like new to the process might have the best idea. And it's sort of like kind of getting your ego out of the way and making what's most important to you. Like I, I'll just speak personally. What's most important to me is the best quality show. That's what's yeah. most important to me. And hopefully I'm, um, I've got a lot of ideas in it and, you know, I'm really contributing to that. But um, even if I'm not, at least I am sort of curating in a way where I'm, 
I'm like saying, okay, that that's amazing. That's amazing. That's got to be in it. That's got to be in it. You know what I mean? And making sure just the best material is always up there. And, and, um, but at the same time, maintaining what your vision of the show is, sure, you sure. know, so, so you never want to get it to a, a, a place where sort of like you hear an idea, which might be a, a great idea, but it may be a great idea for another show or another episode or another season. So, so, so it, that's, that's really the balancing act, making sure that, um, you're open to hearing like, uh, everyone's contributions, but at the same time, not getting derailed from what the, what the thing you're doing is. Sure. Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a kind of, it's an imperfect process, but, um, if your heart's in the right place, you'll, you'll get it right more, more, more often than not. Yeah. Awesome. And of course I have to ask, uh, who's your favorite character? If you had to pick one. Uh, <laughs> it's a, that's a really hard one. That's a, that's a really, hard <laughs> one. You know, I mean, I love Hugh. I love Kevin, <laughs> you know, I love Tribor, you know, they all have like incredibly different lovable things about, about themselves. Yeah. Um, I even really like Ava. You know, I know Ava did not get a lot of screen time, but she kind of was like a really good version of what she was, if you yeah. understand what I'm saying. Yeah, like absolutely. she kind of just had to do like, she had to be pretty straight. Every once in a while she was a little snarky, but whatever she had to do, she she kind of did that thing. And, and I really appreciated that, you know? Right, yeah, and I think that goes along with such a diverse and, you know, really well-written cast of characters is everybody has their own trait. Everybody has their own ways they connect with the other characters. And that's what's really fun about final space. Yeah. And of course at the, at the core of everything is Gary, you know? And I think that um, if Gary weren't Gary, then the show wouldn't be the show. Yeah. And I just, yeah, to, you know, always have to give tribute to, uh, to Olin's voice acting which I think is really fantastic. And the, the range of emotions and, 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 and the truth in the, in the, in the acting that comes out, because, because one of the things I've done a lot of live action shows, you know, third rock from the sun, Malcolm in the middle, you know, just, you know, shows like that. And, um, you know, what this animation has been able to do, and, and I don't even know that every animation could do this, but, but final space in particular has been able to go from, a, seri- a, a funny moment to a very serious moment and effortlessly and somehow the funny moment still remains funny and the serious moment can, can make, can make, can make you cry. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of that sort of um, elasticity, if you will, really comes from uh, Olin's voice acting. Yeah. And that's opened up a lot of, um, avenues for the show which really make it so satisfying to write for because you can really go in any direction in any moment yeah awesome all right um so that's just uh a little bit of uh so my personal interview questions uh we're going to a little bit about what the fans uh want, had to say about the second season um so as we go through the questionnaire uh i'll make some of their comments and give some of the feedbacks from the fans um and if you have anything that you want to say regarding their thoughts please do sure um so the first thing i want to chat about was uh the fans favorite episodes uh runners up 
included uh, anything from the obvious chapter nine and chapter four from the season, um, which are both huge fan favorites. Um, but your survey specifically included that the fans really love the finale. So do you have any thoughts or special memories from writing that one or uh, what you want to do really to wrap up this second season? Yeah. So, so we always knew that that, that second season was going to be um, Gary rescuing Quinn. And when you, when you watch the season from the standpoint that Gary is going to rescue Quinn, um, I think that you realize that the second season, and this is just kind of me talking, and I know my experience is, is different from fans' experience watching it week to week. Um, I, I'm really super curious, by the way, uh, just as an aside, um, for all of the Reddit comments to come in from the international audience. Who's yeah. going to binge season two? Yeah. So I think that when when people binge season two, they're going to see a a different show than what fans watched in America when it rolled out week to week. Um, I think that one of the sort of the challenging aspects of season two as it rolled out week to week is because we kind of switched a little bit s- storytelling methods from season one. Yeah, and I think people weren't sure exactly how to watch the show. Like they were really expecting um, that ultra sequentialized yeah. viewing experience. Yes, absolutely. And when they didn't get that and they had to wait a week and then another week, they were, I think a lot of people were, were legitimately, understandably confused, you know. But like I say, getting back to, you know, um, the season finale. We were always writing toward that season finale. And when when you watch the show maybe more in a binge mode, season season two, I think you'll see that absolutely everything was driving to every single episode, everything was driving toward toward that finish. And um and it and it just felt it felt really good. It was it was it was challenging to write because I think that um given the way the season one finale turned out it was sort of like a kind of like a very intimidating standard to try to match <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know these things are all personal and very subjective so you know like uh i don't know if we did match it for people for i know we did for some people but 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 we were just really trying to give that sense of um all everything being wrapped up but this time with a happy ending yeah yeah, and I, I I personally loved it. Um, I think. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Forty six point four percent of the responses from the survey said that that was their favorite. So. Um, Isn't that interesting. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think it was a it was a great way to wrap the season. Um, we, it it from a writing standpoint, it's you know yeah definitely finally just just meeting that resolution. Um, I think that's what every every season should. And then there's just leaving off on that cliffhanger of setting up for for what's coming next um so also on the questionnaire i asked uh what's your favorite season um just out of curiosity uh 67.9 percent came back that was season two uh 32.1 is season one um so yeah i I think both both have their their highs and their lows i think both were exceptional um yeah yeah, i think that's great to hear that the i'm sorry you want to finish your thought no go ahead go ahead yeah no, no, I'm so glad to hear that, you know, that, that, that there's a, you know, that strong feeling about season two. Like I say, I, I think that, um, you know, it, 
it, it took a little while to adjust to because we were we weren't following just one single A story like like season one, and and it, it took a little bit of a, a little time for people to get the, the hang of that. But what it did allow us to do was to really go into way more character depth um, than than we were able to do in season one. Yeah. And also to experiment a little bit more. I know a lot of a big fan favorite was uh, episode four, season two, The Other Side. Yeah. It's kind of just like a kind of like a real standalone episode. And um, and and uh, I don't know that we would have been able to do an episode like that season one. So so th- that that um, that was kind of cool. You know, I, this is jumping around a little bit, but uh, there were surprisingly mixed reviews on that episode. Um, I personally, I loved it. It was very well written, very well artistically done. Um, Devo and the team did an exceptional job with the the time shard thing. And um, Ben Bidjilajak, B- B- sorry, <laughs> That's a yeah, thing. yeah, he's he's awesome too. Yep. Um, yeah, but I know I know there are some fans that were a little upset that it was a standalone episode that was kind of never really referenced again throughout season two. Right, and and I think that 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 is definitely a regret that both Ola and I and I have uh, that it we could have integrated that a little bit more into season two in terms of uh, little Kato's life experience and everything like that. So I think that that um, you know that that's a bit of a regret that 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 we didn't do that, but I don't think that that um, diminishes episode four. In yeah, my yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, so now we're going to talk about um, some of the the favorites of uh, what people love this season. Um, so yeah, but like you said, definitely the uh, the character development um, was. Big plus in the season. Uh, we got a lot of really good relationship bonding. Um, uh, someone said pacing was better, uh, as was the animation and the music and the writing. Um, the animation was much much smoother. Um, very character centric episodes. Um, there's a lot of really great world building. Production quality was way up. Um, yeah. Everything was every. This person said everything, of course, but specifically the raise stakes and intensity, which I thought was was stellar this season. Um, but yeah, yeah, Go ahead. yeah that's that's great. I'm I, I, I'm glad to hear that. Also, I I think that um that said he felt the raise stakes because one of the sort of the disadvantages of season two was that we didn't have that um the constant menace of the lord commander sure which sort of like kind of um you know because david Tennant was just gives these these remarkable you know voice performances i mean one of the highlights has just been um and we've never been in the same room with him he's always uh kind of done it um from remotely from from uh england and so I, I really hope that we get a chance to be in the same room with him at some point. But but anyway, he gives these like performances that you literally want to leap from the couch and start applauding. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. evil and wonderful and inventive. They're incredible. But um, but anyway, um, 
one of the challenges was definitely keeping this the, the stakes alive. And um, it was a little harder to do season two without, you know, that sort of your, your go-to villain, which is constantly on your heels. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely, I definitely, I, I agree with that is, uh, it really stayed intense. It, there wasn't really any part of the season where you're just like, ah, it's kind of a boring episode because they're not really doing anything. This one, there was always, there always still I'm, some sort Twitter, of goal to go after. We got, we started to feel a little bit bad because by the time, you know, people, we were rolling out the episodes, they were done already. So, you know, people were reacting to them and, and there was some point, especially around episodes, um, uh, eight and nine, seven, eight and nine, you know, seven, which is one that I, I think is, was definitely on the crew, one of the very favorites. That's the one where, um, Quinn makes her own Gary. Yeah. And then it's sort of like, you know, you know, never meant to be together, but always meant to be, you know, or, you know, it's it, it that 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 was such a sad one. And and then eight, you know, we get Gar- Avocado back and then we lose him. And then nine, yeah. little Kato has to shoot his father. <laughs> just yeah. killing Gary. It was like people were just like, what are you doing to us? You know, they were just writing like, you know, leave us alone. You know, it's <laughs> it's too intense. And so. um so yeah, so, yeah, we had to, you know, we had to kind of deal with that that aspect as well. But I'm 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 I'm, I'm glad that people stuck with it. Yeah, and one more thing I wanted to talk about from uh, some people's favorites was uh, definitely one of the the favorites this season um, that I really just I haven't personally talked about a lot on the show. Um, Nightfall, uh, her her story arc this season, and then her her final sacrifice to save Gary. Um, was, yeah. It was really, really well done. Yeah, I mean, we we just, it, it's really a love story, and it's really like a tragic love story. I mean, the idea that you can, on hundreds of timelines, trying to save the person you love, and you've never been able to be successful. It always fails. And remember, all those Garys, it's always Gary who ends up closing the breach, and he's all those dead Garys, because Nightfall has never been successful. And then she, finally, in the timeline that we watched, uh, you know, episode one, season one, the one that, that, that we've been airing, you watch this timeline, and she's finally successful, and Gary doesn't reciprocate her love. Right. I mean, what could be, be more like heartbreaking? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, she, she was uh, very well done this season. Um, but yeah, the... Was uh, some of the favorites from this season. Um, now, I did ask if if you don't mind just chatting about sure. this a little bit. Um, there's just some things that fans didn't maybe like as much, um, and yeah. what they'd want to see maybe improved in the future. Yeah. Um, and you actually mentioned one of them already is uh, and I think like binging would solve that. Uh, the continuation of the chapters um, was the very first one that came up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like I say, I think that if you were to rewatch the season you will see a level of continuity that you didn't know was there before. Like a lot of people were sort of like, just to give you an example, they were like, you know, Todd um, Watson, you know, Hush Fluffles, which to me was like one of the great character designs of the entire show. Just this maniacal, crazy looking, you know, puppet head, you know, with that red, red, that fire engine red, which was just sort of like, like crazy. 
Um, you know, he appears in episode two and then he's gone and people are like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, what <laughs> yeah. happened to that guy? But, but the truth is, is that he was always going to be part of the season and he was always going to um, continue to be a, uh, an enemy um, of, of Gary's. Uh, and if you know, if you know, watching it, he's going to reappear 100% and really be like a legitimate villain then I think that you aren't as thrown by the fact that he kind of disappears for a few episodes. Yeah. You know, like there's this thing that I've sort of noticed in life, maybe you can relate to this, which is when you're driving to a place you've never been before, right? It takes longer than when you're driving home from that place. Yeah. There's no traffic either way, you know, because, and it's just an illusion, but you're just kind of driving and you're always kind of looking over your shoulder did I miss the turnoff? Did I miss the turnoff? When's this exit coming up? When's this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when yeah. you're driving home, you're just driving home and it just seems right. to be much faster. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about in terms of a, a second viewing. When, sure. when, when you know that these questions in your mind, you already have answers to them, then you're just sort of along for the ride and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so I totally, um, I'm totally sympathetic to, to, to the people who wanted more um, of a sequentialized thing. I think moving forward, if we have the chance, we'll, we'll try to do a, dev- a better job at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that was, that kind of popped up often was uh, a lot of fans were not a huge fan of the, the subplots that popped up a lot throughout the episodes, um, you know, kind of coming yeah. off the, the main goal of grabbing all the keys. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so those are these sort of we wanted to introduce sort of like more of comedic B plots and things like that. Yeah, and and that was actually something that that was really sort of a directive from the 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 network to kind of expand the palette of the show. Sure, and and kind of in a way make it sort of kind of more of a mainstream adult animation. So yeah. we totally understood where they were coming from, and and we just. All I can say is we we, we tried our best um, with, with with those things. Um, I think if if we were to do something a little bit different moving forward, I think that we probably still would um, maybe try to have uh, a little bit of that, but that maybe there would be more of an overarching storylines to those side plots. Yeah, you know, almost like um, if you remember in the first season, the the first bunch of episodes. You're you're cutting to little Kata, and he mm-hmm. had his own little B story sided, yeah. but then you saw it sort of like integrate into the larger plot, and you were like, right. well, "That's super cool." You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that maybe um, that little Kato model from season one um, is would be a good sort of like a compromise, yeah. where it could still sort of like change the flavor a little bit if you wanted to. But at the same time, uh, it wouldn't feel um, like, oh, you could have just cut that and we would have been right where we needed to be. But adding more consequence to it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for for answering those. Um, We're going to take a short break and uh, then come back and answer um, some of the fan questionnaire uh, questions. All right, we'll be back in just a second for a very special Fantrixians response. 
All right, so we got uh, questions for you from both our questionnaire and from Discord and Reddit. Um, let's see if you can uh, just answer a few of them for us. Um, there was a, a lot submitted, so uh, we're trying to get as many as we can. Um, I know uh, a lot of fans have this question, and uh, it may have been answered before, but um, is Final Space a script-based or a storyboard-driven show? Right, so it's a it's script-based, um, and... Uh, so a storyboard-driven show, just so if you know this, then you'll be able to always figure it out on your own. Like SpongeBob would be like mm-hmm. the, the ultimate story-driven show, where basically the writers submit a, a loose outline for an episode. And then the storyboarder could go like, um, like it's sort of like, let's say, uh, SpongeBob uh, blows a lot of bubbles. So that might not look like much on a script page, but in the hands of a skilled storyboarder, just think of all the expressions SpongeBob can make blowing bubbles and all the great right. like so so then the storyboarder gets to go to town and just come up with like wild hilarious things. So that that would be a classic uh, storyboard driven show, but ours is very much we've got a, a real story to tell and a lot of plot and um, a lot of written jokes and so um, a lot of dialogue jokes is what I mean. Yeah. And so um, so ours is script driven. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, our next question comes from Kelly, uh, asking what is your favorite thing about working on final space? Yeah. So I would say that, um, that really kind of like I, what I was saying before that I can bring all, all parts of my, myself to, to the series, meaning to say I can write, you know, silly, dumb jokes or, or, you know, wild, like mythological sort of like world building type ideas to, to trying to impart every once in a while some wisdom. Like I think one of my proudest moments on the show is, is writing that line. Uh, I'll, I'll try to quote it exactly. Um, all of us are broken. The only question is how much and how far are we willing to go to fix it? Mm-hmm. I feel like I literally put everything I know about life into that line, you know? So again, not, not a lot of shows that I could do that. on. Now it's poster. <laughs> Um, so Tally asks, uh, what have, uh, you and Owen disagreed on regarding the story? Um, if you have any moments of, you know, y'all just didn't meet eye to eye on uh, a specific part of the story. Yeah. You know, that's just a creative process. I I'd say, you know, 99% of the time we're, we're in sync, which is, you know, just been wonderful. Um, yeah, you know, you're always going to come up with an idea that's, as we say, a bridge too far. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, mm, no, let's not do that. <laughs> but then we're right back in. You know what I mean? It's never yeah. a question of hurt feelings or anything like that. You know, it's just, you're just trying to make the best show. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Tony asks, uh, was Bolo meant to be a good character from the start or were there ever doubts about him and his role possibly being a bad guy? Yeah. So, so that's, that's interesting. That's, you know, let's just say that's an unfolding story. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think that we, we love Bola and we love Keith. David has given us Absolutely. maybe yeah, one yeah. of the best aspects of the entire series. That voice is just awesome. And that character design is just yes. off the charts. It's off the charts in my opinion, you know? Um, so I think that we always like the uh, see the thing about um, 
What, what I've been told, and I think they teach us in writing classes too, so this might sound familiar, but if, if you're writing something really good, even if it's a novel or anything, screenplay, television show, whatever it is, at a certain point, the characters should start talking to you. And the characters should start telling you what they want. Right. And then that's, that's an exciting moment for a writer where it's sort of like your creation comes to life and it's sort of like making demands, you know? So I can tell you that when we first conceived Bolo, that he was definitely good. But Bolo's a deep guy, and it's like I'm still waiting for him to tell us his story. <laughs> yeah, and I know uh, I don't remember who exactly I was talking to, but um, the when we go through season two and we find out from Cheryl there's a the possibility that he's bad. Um, you guys had come across that way early back back in um, the first season of this possibility that oh Bolo might be bad um, from fans. Um, yeah. They they generated that theory. Um, yeah, just... absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and then it's funny because he he really is at the end of the season. He's you know he was a man of his word and he did what he yeah. was say and and you know he's all good. So so it was interesting because I I know I personally was surprised when at the end of the first episode season two when Bolo reappears and gives him the mission, I was shocked that how many people were like. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Don't trust, <laughs> yeah. him. don't trust him. Don't trust him. And that just sort of surprised me. And then when Areskus comes up and Areskus goes, I imprisoned him for a reason. It's because he's really evil. Everyone was like, we told you so. We told you so. <laughs> and I was like, just wait, just wait, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're do this as our, our last question because it's kind of a, probably a large one and a bit open-ended, but, uh, you specifically, what's your what's your writing process? Uh, how do you how do you go about you know just starting on a new episode? Yeah, so so Olin and I will break the episode. You know, um, you know we'll 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 begin by talking about the season arc. So first, we kind of want to figure out like you know where are we going to? Like you know we knew at the end of um, season one, it's Gary floating basically dead in space. We. We knew that from before we sold the show, that that's what we were writing toward, uh, which is why we were able to have that countdown, 10, 9, 8, from the, from the very beginning of the show, because we knew we were going there. Right. Um, we knew from the very beginning of season two, it's going to be Gary rescuing Quinn. We, we, we knew that also. So we're, we, we lay out the arc of the, the season and, and the highlights and, and things like that. Um, and then... Uh, and then when it comes to actually writing, um, I'll usually, I'll write half and Olin will write the other half of the script. Uh, lately, the way it's been is I'll write the first half of the script, Olin will write the second half of the script, and Olin will give me his half and I'll give him my half. And then we'll rewrite each other. And then we'll sit down and we'll, while we're both in the same room, we'll do a pass together. And, and that's, kind of, that, that, that's kind of what the, the process has been. And then we'll also send out that draft uh, to some uh, to some punch up people, and we'll get some extra jokes and things like that. Um, yep, yep. See if we can, you know, make anything funnier or sharper or better. And that's generally speaking how we do it. Cool. All right. Uh, well, thank you, David. Uh, it was it was really great having you on the show. Um, sorry we couldn't get more questions answered from the fans, but uh, 
we are uh, we're so grateful to have you working on this awesome show and uh thank you so much and thank you uh so much for having me and i just want to make a just a giant shout out to to all the fans for just just sticking with the show and kind of believing in it and letting it be part of their lives because um you know i i really feel like uh i really feel like we're kind of kind of going through this journey together and yeah. um, it's so important to me to know that um, people are so uh, kind of emotionally involved in the show because we're kind of putting our whole heart into it. And and just to, to see that it's resonating with you guys just means everything. Wow. What an incredible wrap to season two. Thank you to David for joining me and Olin Rogers for connecting us. Uh, you can also tweet David at davidsex 9 on Twitter uh, once you've listened to this episode and tell him your thoughts and tweet him anytime. Uh, he's always really wants to hear from fans um i apologize of course for our skype interruptions uh unfortunately recording across the united states comes at a difficulty um but now we're going to move into volume two of into final space uh, i'm really excited to bring you guys some awesome new guests very soon i'll be releasing an announcement video with uh some of the special events and the guests that are coming to the podcast to hold you over through this hiatus uh, until then, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Into Final Space, and I'll see you next time at on Into Final Space. Thanks, guys.